0: everybody, December 2nd, 10:15 pm. Um, to be completely honest I'm sick and tired of you guys complaining about it being late. We're three people. we're employed um, and we do this because we love it. and we love you, but I'm not really trying to hear it so you guys can uh, you guys can save it. We are not as hot and bothered. We're still hot and bothered. Obviously a not preferentiary result this weekend. Um, we are back in our respective biomes and territories here, talking to you about the result of the Commonwealth Clash. The University of Virginia decided to join the party and, um, and pee on our party a little bit. So that's how that weekend went. And we're just going to go around the horn, talk about it a little bit, air out our feelings. You know, it's okay to, to not be okay sometimes, and that's where we are. So uh, lots to cover here. Fellas, how we doing? Uh, let's start on the West Coast and work our way east. Grayson, how are you, my friend? <laughs>
1: I'm, uh, you know, Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's a little bit earlier out here. Seven sixteen p.m. Just had first day of work since being back uh, from, I guess, what you would call Thanksgiving break. I mean, we're adults now. We don't really get Thanksgiving break anymore. But um, I'm doing okay. It's, it's settled. I've accepted it. I'm not happy about the fact that I've accepted it, but it is what it is. And, uh, I can't, I can't let it put too much of a damper on, on life right now. Cause we got the holidays coming up. I'm about to go home for Christmas and see my family. So I can't dwell on it. Pat, how you feeling, man?
2: Yeah, man. Uh, I just made some fajitas. They were awesome. I'm feeling great. Uh, Truth be told, that was the numbest I've ever felt in my entire life after a sporting event. Um, It was kind of just like we we left the stadium right after Hendon got tackled into the end zone and fumbled and just got the heck out of there and went back, uh, watched Home Alone 2, ate a ton of Chinese food and a ton of ice cream, and didn't turn on ESPN, didn't turn on AC Network. Just kind of was uh, was numb to to life at that point. It was uh, it was a different feeling. Twenty five years as a hockey fan, and that I've never felt how I did like that. It was different from the Duke game. Uh, the Duke game was the ultimate valley, and this was just a different type of valley. But at the end of the day, it's it's water under the bridge. It happened that was a really good football team it was a really good football game and we've got to move on if you, if you are you know if it's tuesday morning wednesday morning and you're still dwelling on this game and letting it ruin your week like you got you got to pick it up and move on because we got a lot to uh to uh, to look forward to here what do you think bill
0: I completely agree, and uh, as we're doing that before we get into kind of the progression of feelings here, let's talk about where we watched it Grayson where uh
1: where did you watch it this time? so after getting back from Big Bear this past uh, weekend i uh, I did return to Joxer or dailies ah. um uh, but it was but it was it was different this time boys and i'm 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 not gonna lie to you like the the feeling. That I had all week going up to the game was was very positive. I mean, I, I I expected good things, but I remember getting into my car. I had gone out the night before, I did a little Friendsgiving, sang some karaoke, and I got in my car that morning. I was feeling a little rough from the night before, not gonna lie to you guys. And I remember just not being that excited. Like something was amiss, something was off, and I got to Jocksford Daily's and the usual crowd was not there. A lot of them had gone home for Thanksgiving. And I, I felt uneasy. everything it, it, it was off. Everything was out of place. I didn't like it. Um, it was not what I was used to. I watched it there, but it wasn't the Jocelyn least crowd that I know and love. I'm a superstitious person. Maybe that had something to do with it. I can't think like that forever. Where did you guys watch?
2: We bombarded section 111 but to your point there grayson i had very similar feelings and that you know to be honest like i had very similar feelings when i was in boston on labor day weekend on game day you know not 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 great vibes like in boston like it was like the tailgates kept shutting us down like we had to walk everywhere the uber driver got no altercation with uh, some other people <laughs> like weird little things. And here on this trip it was the same thing. Like I left, uh, right after Thanksgiving dinner to drive to Charlottesville from New Jersey, 25 minutes into the trip, I realized I left my wallet at home that had my tickets in it. So I had to turn around. My brother met me, uh, halfway and then, uh, I get to Charlottesville and it's like, I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, come back into the room, trip over my suitcase uh. <laughs> You know, little yeah. things, little things like that um, just didn't have great vibes. And then uh, so we were originally seating up high, I think, like in section 512 or something. And on two separate occasions, I was with Bryce Chalkley, two separate occasions uh, after the, our interception. We were jumping up and down and screaming, yelling, whatever, trying to give high fives, trying to give hugs. And Hokey fan asked us to calm down. That's a terrible sign. We just picked off a pass, sir. Like you're going to tell us to calm down, and then another fan told us that we were being a little too rowdy. And it's like, oh my god, you can, <laughs> you can watch. You can sit. You can sit at home on your couch and watch. Like, why are you here? Why did you pay all this money to come to Scott Stadium? Why did you drive all this way to to sit down and and not be a excited fan? I mean, we were no, by no means um, egregious or. You know, over the line, we didn't cross any lines. It was noon. Um, So that was just like another bad vibe that kind of just set the tone. And it was just like a culmination of all these little things together that wasn't great. But that said, the tailgate was awesome. Uh, Me and Bill got to meet up with Daryl Dungy at Darlex1 on Twitter. Awesome guy. Uh, He ran the score predictions with us. Saw our homecoming queen, Beth Barnes, at the tailgate. Uh, saw a couple other awesome folks from Hokie Twitter, Hokie Hack, uh, Clark Rowland, Hokie 20. Um, you know, it was just a great time. But um, ultimately,
0: ultimately, we couldn't get it done. Bill. Let's talk a little bit about the game itself. I want to preface this by saying one thing. Virginia Tech fans showed out. There was a good turnout of Virginia Tech fans, but I have to say, full disclosure, UVA did the damn thing. Pat, you and I went to Notre Dame. I was at Georgia Tech. We went to Boston College. Um, We traveled with the team this year. This was by far the most hostile environment we played in all year. It was loud. They were into it. and at some points it, it, I was looking around, and I was like, This is the loudest it's been all year when we haven't been in Lane Stadium. Uh Pat, do you you feel the same way? I definitely agree, and
2: I hate I hate saying that because I've been to Scott Stadium a handful of times and it's usually, you know, been more so a library than anything. But, you know, Bronco has instilled some juice in this program. He's put some fire under everyone. You know, just the the hype of the game definitely contributed to, contributed to that but i mean they hand out the rally towels and as corny as it says like rally towels honestly can get a fan base going like you look across the stadium the towels are waving people are getting loud like it's getting rowdy head and hooker never played in that type of atmosphere before whether you like it or not and you know there were a ton of hookies there but uh you know in the moments that uva needed to be loud I hate saying it, but they were loud. It was probably the the first time Scott Stadium has been actually loud uh in over in well over a decade.
0: As far as the game goes, come out. First quarter was probably the most frustrating quarter I can remember us playing um all season to be completely honest. And uh the game could have been very different. Uh, and you know, I hate hypotheticals, but that first drive where Perkins crushed us, the two times that he did it were actually both on third and 10 plus uh, with the long scrambles, left the middle of the field open, had some blockers downfield and just marched down the field. And, and we just said that this was the most hostile environment we played all year. Grayson, Perkins is the most dynamic player that we've played against all season um, on, the, a, a, on the offensive bo-
1: side of the ball, without a doubt, um, what you see out of Bryce Perkins? You know, I, as much as it pains me to say it, that kid remembered that fumble he had last year. That boy was fired up. He he showed up to play, and he did his thing. I got You know, Virginia Tech fans need to relax. Bryce Perkins is a talented football player, and as much as I wanted – to grind his teeth down into a powder with our defense, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. He was all over the field. he that that boy is lightning fast. He did exactly what I didn't want him to do. if it, it was I don't know what was going on with our defense, but it's like if we were breaking up the passes, he was on the ground and he was he was moving. And if we were stopping him on the ground, the boy was completing passes. who was. Historically, not he's, he's historically not a good passer, but for whatever reason, he was completing them all day. Um, those, those runs on third and long made me grip my teeth. Oh, man. Guys, I hate to say it, I love Bud Foster, but it's unpoetically poetic that in his final game against UVA, his kryptonite, his entire career, has been the scrambling quarterback, and Bryce Perkins got the best of his defense. Straight up. Straight up. It sucks that it happened that way, but we couldn't stop him. We could not stop number three. But, um, you know, it, as, as unfortunate as that is, I think there are some positives out of this game. But uh, continue, let, let, let's continue. Guys, what else did you see, Pat? What did you see out of number three?
2: So, <sighs> he was just super dynamic when he got out of the pocket. Something that we were kind of just yelling the entirety of the second quarter and the third, like early third, when we kept him in the pocket and he was trying to complete passes, he, he really – couldn't throw it very well and we're just like we need to keep this game plan up uh we need to keep applying pressure to him because there was a, a number of passes that he just wasn't completing he was throwing it at the uh receiver's feet or overthrowing it so we we definitely saw his best and his worst in this game honestly
0: 7.2 7. yards per carry which is the most they had all year an astronomical number. Um, and then 311 yards in the air. And um, what it came down to is it's not even that he was killing us the way that Ian Book killed us um, in the Notre Dame game down the stretch where he was threading the needle, finding ways to get his receivers uh, the ball on tight windows. It was guys were just wide open down the field. Uh, coverage breakdowns, Perkins finding ways to extend the play, um, and just not finding a way to get him to the ground. Um Again, the most dynamic player, in my opinion, that we have played all year. So um, a great performance by him, without a doubt. Um, comes down to the end of the game. Uh, third quarter, we come out on fire. We're scoring points. When we took the lead after the big play, Trey, touchdown, uh, catch that was underthrown. Great job by him coming back to the ball. I really felt like we were. that was it. I felt like we're stepping on their necks. They're going to quit. I've seen this movie before, and uh, again, credit to them. They did not quit. They fought back uh, and ended up winning the game uh, by multiple scores. It was tough. was tough. got to say this is the first time, I think, in, uh, in Hendon Hooker's young and, and really promising career that I wouldn't say he looked shook because he made big plays the entire game. But you could tell he was feeling the crowd. He was feeling the moment. And our young offensive line, for the first time all season, really, showed their age. Uh, UVA was doing an excellent job showing blitz to one side and bringing it on the other. um, And just doing a really good job disguising and making us confused. um, Especially on that last drive. Um, So, that was something that
1: was... I'm I'm with you. You know, I, when Trey Turner caught that beautiful, long touchdown pass, that deep shot that we never, ever take, I thought, man, we got him. over. No, like we her. got him. I, I In the words of my, my old man, he, he said this to me after the game. He was like, we score there, and if defense does their job after that drive, UVA would have folded like a cheap tent. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, we let him st- stick around, in um, the third quarter the defense played very well but it's like as soon as we kind of went late third into the fourth we just uh, there were holes all over the field our coverage was not that great I didn't love that we didn't utilize tizzy as much to spy on Perkins I really thought that's the route that Foster was gonna take in this game he didn't do that as much um which, Kind of left me scratching my head, but we had every opportunity. We had the momentum. You know, granted, everybody can sit here and say all day that the refs screwed us with that catch, but guess what, man? I think the refs called a fair game. I really do. I think, I think that interception in the back of the end zone that they had, I thought that that was an interception. I really did. Um, the refs said that it wasn't. I disagree. I was like, man, that should have been a Wahoo INT. They were they were calling a fair game. So you can sit here and tell me, oh, Grace, no, man, they, that one catch difference in the game. No. No. The difference in the game was our defense showing up and playing the way that they should have and the way that they had been playing in weeks prior doing donuts to Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, but they didn't do it. I don't know. Guys, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I just – there was something with the energy of the team. It's like – I don't want to say it's they didn't want to be there, but something was off. Like – they weren't as fired like UVA man. They were fired up. Like their bench was freaking out, towel over the head. They were losing it. Our guys didn't seem as excited. And I'm not gonna say that they didn't play with energy. I don't think that that's fair. But they weren't. They didn't seem as excited to be there as UVA was as, as excited to be there. Kind of. Kind of. What did you guys see? I guess from an energy standpoint, from each sideline.
0: I'm gonna say uh, before moving on from things that made a huge difference. Pat, you and I in our uh, in our preview said that the uh, turnover battle was gonna be a huge indicator. Uh, It was lost the turnover battle four to one. Being there, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I'm not sure what the broadcast was like, um, but I can. The broadcast was probably very much about UVA and how many times they lost, and focusing on their players and everything. From from my standpoint. I didn't mention this, but pregame or, and leading up to, the, to kickoff, I was sitting behind, right behind our bench, front row, um, and you know just seeing them on the side, they were juiced up. They wanted to win this game. What it came down to is on that specific day, UVA was better than we were. That is a, uh, a very talented quarterback they have. Joe Reed is great, good defense, senior leading team. That guy Snowden is an animal an unbelievable he's going to be, get drafted this year I would, I would i would i would be pretty confident as well that's a really good team really hostile environment that we've seen all year but the team was fired up and to wrap that up so i'm i'm sitting right behind our bench and diakite from the basketball team comes and stands next to me and i'm like oh man like this guy's <laughs> cool he's got tall he's bleached hair won a national championship i was like hey man big uh you know congratulations on the national championship hey to be completely fair I actually liked the UVA team that won the national championship. I like Bennett. He's a good coach. Whatever. So then this lady comes up to me and she goes, yeah, what? let me see your ticket. And I'm like, what do you mean let me see your ticket? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just watching the game. There's nobody in this section, mind you. And she goes, ah, you don't have your ticket. So let me get security to escort you out of here. This like 65-year-old lady runs up the stands and gets security to get me kicked out. Granted, I was in the wrong seat. So th- that's neither here nor there. But whatever um so diakite really cool guy old lady not so cool um but really hostile environment really good uva team they played better than we played on that day um but there are obviously some other underlying uh reasons and one of them is and grayson talk to me about the play calling and the offense as a whole
1: Okay, so, Bill, you know, a lot of, a lot of our listeners know that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with our offensive coordinator. Um, I just th- – this is my observation. We, we play, At least on offense, we played scared. We played not to win. We, we, we played chicken. Uh, we did not go at them. We did not attack them. We played very, very conservative. And I don't understand why we do that in the bigger games when we have the talent to shove it down their throat, as you've seen in games like Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh and you know, Rhode Island and stuff like that. Like we, we do these aggressive play calls, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't understand why in the biggest game of the year, you're not doing corner fades to Hazleton or to Trey Turner when you know they can catch them. Instead, you're doing jet sweeps, and you can say all day, okay, uh, Damon Hazleton didn't make his block. If he makes his block, we, Trey Turner would have scored. Okay, what? I, we didn't score a touchdown, okay? So that is neither here nor there. I think part of Cornelson's problem is he gets cute in the big games and he's inconsistent. And I'm not saying that he should go. And I've said that on Twitter, I know. And, and that's just me being emotional. But I would I would be remiss to say that if there were a change at offensive coordinator, I would not be disappointed about it because I think we can do better. I, I like the system that he runs, but he's too inconsistent for me. And that's a pro- like You need to be gassing uva you need to throw every single thing you have at them and the fact that we didn't do that bothers me it really does because guys again i think we like we we were that we were the better team in the grand scheme of things but not on saturday and it's because we didn't come at them with what we had when we should have that's all i'm going to say about the offense Cornelson, if you're here next year, okay, whatever, but call a better bowl game. That's all I'm gonna say. Guys, what are your thoughts? I know, come on, spit it back in my face, whatever. Come on, bring it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If I had to nitpick
0: something from the game this past weekend, I would have loved to see us attack on the edges with Trey and uh Hazleton more. Completely agree with you. That's one thing that I think we really could have exploited them with. I'm just going to read facts. I'm going to get a lot of Homer Bill. I'm going to get a lot of um, Billy Ray, the home, the home, uh, the home Homer here, uh, just touting the company line. I'm simply taking facts and providing them to you. Not just you, Grayson, everybody that's trashing and the fire corn crew, all of that. We had 483 yards on, Saturday, on Friday. That's the second most yards that anybody has had against UVA all season. We scored 30 points on UVA which is the third most of any team that has played UVA this season as well. Since we moved away from Ryan Willis and moved to Hendon Hooker, not including the Notre Dame game, we have averaged 36.85 points per game, which would be 15th best in the nation and would be second best in the ACC. We averaged 6.17 yards per play, which would be in the top third of the uh, NCAA, and 427 yards per game, which is top third in the NCAA. I can understand frustrations with execution. I can understand frustrations with, hey, I wish we ran this, or I wish we ran that. But I challenge you, the Virginia Tech watcher, that's all of you out there, what do you specifically want the offense to do differently? Schematically, and this is not me trying to be some philosopher guy and and, and, and look down on everybody, but I'm genuinely asking you, what would you like us to do different? Scoring the 15th, highest amount of points in the NCAA since moving to a new quarterback who is a sophomore mind you behind almost an entirely freshman offensive line behind inconsistent reps for the most part from the running back unit and we don't turn the ball over okay I can see some frustrations but to act like the entire house is on fire which you did not Grayson credit to you because you're usually Mr. Negativity but if you hop on the Twitter the Twitter sphere or the Instagram sphere, we're acting like we're out here putting up, you know, running the triple option with the Paul Johnson off. The triple the triple offense out here and putting up no yards for no points. You? <laughs> and it's just it's 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 ridiculous. Zoom out as Pat would say, look at what we're doing. The offense is not the reason we lost the game on, on Friday. We need to get that straight. We got beat by an elite quarterback in this conference. In a hostile environment, in the biggest game that these young players have played in, in their entire career. And you know what? They're all going to be better for it. It's bulletin uh, material for next year, and it's going to make all of them, it's another rep, Pat, like we were saying a couple weeks ago. It's another rep, another game, another experience that they're going to draw from when it gets really hard in other games. When you're faced with adversity again, this team, this young football team, has been faced with adversity all season and has been able to fight it and not quit. You want to know what one thing this team hasn't done all years is they not did not quit. All season. That's I, I'm sorry, I got a little upset there. But I just wanted to report I just wanted to report the facts. Patrick, do you want to weigh in on that at all? <clears throat> Bill, that
2: was fantastic. Uh as far as that wasn't more of a that wasn't really a tangent. That was actually just a very uh, very accurate philosophical uh, anecdote there. For me, I think uh, Friday's game was called fine. Just like you said, it's not the reason we lost the game. We lost the game because of our underperforming on the defense and we couldn't contain Bryce. But if if you want. My opinion on what we, you know, should have done—it's—it's it's just like what you said on the edges, you know, in the vertical game. If we send Trey and Damon out and throw it deep, I think we threw it deep twice all game. First one in the first half, just out, uh, just missed Hazelton, and then in the second half, we hit Trey and we scored a touchdown. Two pass attempts deep, I think is a little—it's uh, a little underwhelming. And uh, would have loved to see us testing uh, UVA's thin uh, defensive back core. I mean, Hazleton had five catches for over 100 yards, and we could have thrown to him 10 more times. I mean, he was toasting that dude who was on him. And then, uh, additionally, and then this could go either way, but uh, not utilizing our tight ends where we really could have benefited from James Mitchell and Dalton Keene um you No, know, they they, they could have been weapons
1: MIA.
2: yeah I they could have been I mean they weren't MIA they were you know they were blocking on the edge like yes. you never see Dalton not doing his job um
1: never
2: but you know as far as that goes I mean in, in short yarded situations you know would have loved to see something like that um but like you were saying Bill it's it's adversity adversity sharpens a team I want to give a big shout-out to Brian Heffernan, behalf on Twitter. Uh, I posted this tweet. In 98, we lost to UVA, and then in 99, you guys know what happened. We won the Big East, and we went to the national title game. In 2003, we lost to UVA with a super-talented team, like our current roster. 2004, came back, won the ACC in our first year in the conference.
1: Here we are. And a team. sugar bowl berth.
2: And a sugar bowl berth, which that that one still stings that game um (laughs) and then 2019 we lose the uva 15 years later 2020 we have 21 out of 22 starters returning and if you include punter and uh kickers it's 24 out of 25 you include oscar jpr and mr johnson
0: who has been money in the bank uh the second half of the year by the way just saying You've been
2: great, Brian. You've been great. So keep doing that. So yeah. Cornelson, it was fine. Like, it's not the reason we lost this game.
0: Grayson, I got a little uh the heart the RPMs or the uh what is it called? BPMs got uh got real the high BPMs. there for me a couple minutes ago. But um I know you're hot and bothered about something, and Pat, you've been real liberal with the rant. So I gotta, I gotta say, I appreciate that. But Grayson has a Grayson has a rant this week. I want yeah. to hear what you got.
2: Giving the What's grant, up? giving the rant to Grayson. Here you Passing go. The torch. It's on a platter. You know, we uh, we do this at Sons of Saturday. We're generous with our rant granting.
1: And you know, guys, I'm gonna say this. This is from all of us because we've all talked about this, and I think we all feel the exact same way. Um, after the game, after the game, um, UVA fans were good Lord, man, just so disrespectful in victory, like could not have been more disrespectful, especially online on Twitter. There's a viral video going around. Uh, I can't even remember the the tweet, the, whoever tweeted it's, uh, at, but it was,
2: it was, I think it was at who Guner, H O O G O O N E R. He since has uh, made his Twitter private. So. He
1: has since made his Twitter private, so don't go tweet at him because we're better than that. And clearly, this guy's not. He recorded a video after rushing the field, getting up in Bud Foster's face and chirping at him like, you know, well, we beat you, ha ha ha. You know, it was all up in his face and was trying to start crap. And Bud Foster, I mean, we all know Bud can't do a dadgum thing about it. You know, Bud Foster's not going to go right hook Now, if they're outside of Scott Stadium, I'd say otherwise. But how classless do you have to be to run up to Bud Foster, who's had this illustrious career, and get up in his face? Like, what do you think you're doing? Like have a little bit of respect. It's like, at the end of the day, guys, I, I, they made this win about us, and and like the Virginia Tech fan base, and they made this win about us. When this win, this marquee win for their program, should have been a hundred percent about them. Like you won. Congratulations. Ride this out. Like, you should be ecstatic. Don't chirp at us. Yeah, you know, I get it. 15 years is, is a long time to be, uh, you know, have your ass beat by a better team. But I digress. You know, so enjoy it. Like, don't make this a, ah, screw you, Hokies. Ha, ha, ha. No. Like, guys, the little UVA fans, the little tots sitting in the stand with their old man or with their mom, and they were at that game. How cool is that? Like, if I, if I were that kid, I, I, would, I would remember that game for the rest of my life. That game is about you. You guys won fair and square. So wh- why chirp at us? Why chirp? I mean, I get we were talking crap on Twitter, but th- be better. I think we all need to be better. Hokies and UVA fans alike, but UVA fans, saying about us, homie, y'all won. We didn't. Straight up. Guys, any, anything to add to that? I
0: completely, completely agree with what you just said, Grayson. That, that was excellent. And, and I'll just double down on that. This is not about Virginia Tech sucks, we're better than Virginia Tech, or any of that. It is about the University of Virginia just a, has the biggest moment in, outside of basketball, their athletic department's happening in how, however long it's been. And to not, and to defray the focus from the job that Bronco Mendenhall has done, and Bryce Perkins, and Joe Reed, and Mac Jordan, to accomplish that, what they have, and we've ridiculed them for it, it's been their goal ever since Bronco Mendenhall came into town and he got the job done. And I gotta say, another hats off to Bronco in his postgame press conference. Could not have been more um, gracious in victory. And just to go on this entire fan thing, kinda gonna attack both sides here. Virginia Tech fans, we lost. To chirp back at people and say, well, that makes it 15 and one, well, we've been beating you forever, shut up, please stop. It's ridiculous and it's stupid. When Georgia Tech, when we beat Georgia Tech this, this year, are the Georgia Tech fans coming at, back at you and saying, well, we won four in a row, so technically we're the better team. When Mike Young goes into Louisville and beats the Cards, are the are the Louisville people going to come over and be like, "Well, you never beat Brent, so technically uh, you guys didn't win"? No, that's not the way that it's going to go. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about of hearing about that from our from our fan base. It's absolutely and utterly ridiculous. You know what? You know what? Who actually cares and who's actually devastated with the result of this game are the guys that trained 364 days to win the game. The Trey Turners, the Dax Hollifields, the Oscar Bradburns, the people who spend time away from their family to try to win the game for you. The Coach Fuentes, the strength staff, Coach Crosby, Coach Hilgert, Coach uh, Nelson. The coaching staff works their tails off to compete in this football game. I promise you, Bluefield Hokie VT class of 1997 uh, with you know Leonard Skinner as your AV Pat you were alluding to the guys that are always the angriest are not are under some some fake name you're not more mad than Bud Foster's mad you're not more mad than Brian Hudson is mad please stop the madness enjoy the football game chirp a little bit it's a game that you did not train for. You packed up your truck. You threw some ice in your Yeti, and you threw some Michelob Ultra's in the damn cooler. Calm down. Relax. Pat, go ahead.
2: I love this segment here. You guys are really stealing the rants, and I'm just enjoying. I'm 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 sitting there on the side of the uh, the end line, like Mike Young, munching on my popcorn. Listen, you guys rant about this. No, I, I completely agree. Both sides need to understand that you're either going to win or you're going to lose. And you should do both with class. There is winning with class and there's winning without class. We saw UVA on full display from, at least on Twitter, winning without class. Virginia Tech, same thing. You see people saying the 15-1 thing. It's It's... It just makes us look kind of stupid makes us look kind of dumb and i'm not hating on people who don't have their names or pictures on twitter you know i just think it's there's so much nonsense going between virginia fans and virginia tech fans back and forth on twitter so much trash talk blah 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 a lot of it is just a pit of misery honestly it's just like back and forth People just saying, like, hey, let's fight in the parking lot. It's like, guys, come on. Let's get it together. If you're going to talk smack, put your first and last name on your profile. Like, let's just be real here. But um, I think there's a mature way to win. There's a mature way to lose. And I I see both sides being faulted here. Um, Yeah, but uh, I know Bill wanted to jump in with one last point here.
0: Grayson, I just wanted to double down on what you – or triple down now on what you said earlier. So I'm a big Ringer, uh, Ringer podcast network fan. I was listening to the Ryan Russillo show uh, earlier today. Ryan Rossillo loves to brag about who he's friends with. Chris Long is one of the friends. Uh, and Chris Long was on. And um, what, what I loved about it, Chris Long, one of the best football players to ever play at the University of Virginia. Could have gone on there. Talked junk about it. Virginia Tech, talked about how much you know we suck, this, that, and the other. I went back and I re-listened to it. He said Virginia Tech one time in a seven-minute ramble of how happy he was for the university, for the athletic director, for Bryce Perkins, for what this means to the town of Charlottesville, what this means to alumni watching the game. He said we, us, and them a lot more than he said they, them, and Virginia Tech. That's how it should be. It's not about us. And that just absolutely drives me nuts. Um, so I guess that uh, that ties the bow on that. And walking out of the stadium, obviously, I sat in the stands for a good 20 minutes uh, after the game. Pat, you hit me with the uh, with the double back tap and said, I'm getting the hell out of here. And I was like, I can't blame you. But um, <laughs> I kind of just sat there and took it all in. And, and the two things that really stuck with me from that are uh, – Poor job by the Virginia security from allowing Virginia Tech to get off the field. I understand it's, you know, impossible to control 40, 50, 60,000 people. Um, But, I mean, that's a really – that is a seriously dangerous situation. You get somebody that's drank too much. You get somebody that's just an idiot. And, you know, we always say get somebody that didn't even go to the school, Um, you know, acting a fool and running on the field. I mean, it's an actually dangerous situation. Um, So that's something to keep in mind um, when we're in situations like that. Like, just be smart. It's a game. These are kids. They're 19 to 21, 22 years old. Act accordingly. Um, And then leaving, um, I didn't have a bad experience with one single fan leaving. Granted, I'm larger than your average uh, University of Virginia student. Uh, And I was trying to get back to the Pica house where Chris Monaco's uh, uh, car mobile was. I was asking, hey, man, how do we get back to the Pica house? Oh, you got to go up here. And then I hit him with a parting like, hey, man, congratulations. And most of them were like, well, it was bound to happen sometime. And I was like, well, at least you know, because it's not happening next year. Um, (laughs) Moving on. um, Pat, we talked about this on the last podcast. The Fire Fuente Band. The Marachi band traveling around and 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 playing in Grayson's open window and he's trying to get some sleep. Can can you talk to me about the, uh, the Fire Fuente crew, please?
2: So the Fire Fuente crew, like, I get it, guys. You really just want success so badly. We were one quarter away from, you know, playing Clemson here on Saturday and probably giving them a good run for their money had you know had we righted the ship and beat UVA would you still be tripping for the fire Fuente you know that's what I'm curious about if we zoom out here and talk about after Duke I mean like just the job that he's done he he held accountability he, like that was one of the things I was most critical about him prior to the season even then him not really holding himself accountable not getting in front of the podium and putting himself in front of the bus, taking the blame. He did that after the Duke game. He completely righted this ship. We reeled off some awesome wins, and the growth and development from this entire team was alarming. The fact that we lose to UVA, oh, since Fuente lost to UVA, we have to fire him. Like Frank Beamer lost to UVA a couple times. Like, Fuente beat UVA his first three times. All right, he loses his fourth time. That doesn't mean he's not going to rip off, you know, five or six more in a row against against the Wahoos. I think I think Fuente has really taken control of this team. I think the guys absolutely love him. Every player that I've had to interact with, um, you know, has only sung his praises. And the argument against him is just, kind of getting super stale at this point okay we went eight and four like would nine and three or ten and two like really like righted your argument one way or another um i just i just don't think there's that much of an argument at this point like he he coached a great season the ball did not bounce our way every single week but if you if assuming he coaches a good bowl game and we win and take that momentum into 2020 I am super fired up, and I'm sure there are thousands of Hokies uh, all over that are equally as fired up. And the fire Fuente train isn't going to have many, uh, many smoking coals that are making it move.
1: Bottom line is this. Bottom line is this. We beat UVA. Nobody's calling for Fuente's head, except maybe our boy Dom Z. Maybe Don V. I would Don say v. if
0: somebody is in the, I admire his commitment. win or loss, he has been in that camp. Although I, I vehemently disagree with it, he is. Uh, he has had the same. Uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? He has beat stance. the same. He has had the same stance season long. So, um, hats off to your um, consistency. Uh, don't necessarily agree with it, but hey, we're just guys over here with opinions. That's what we do. Oh,
1: that's right. Shout out Don V, though, man. Shout out Don V. Okay. Sh-
0: sh- keep the, the podcast, readoffs though. coming, Don V. Yeah. We love the readoffs.
1: We Those love read-offs the offs man. Have you <laughs> crying? If go, go, if you haven't, go check out his podcast, Don V Fridays. It's also on Spotify, man. We uh, big fan of his over here. So, um, but guys. Getting off uh, getting off the Fire Fuente train, by the way, it's completely moronic. Like, just come on. Like, I just yeah, – like I said, we beat UVA. You sing a different tune, I promise. Um, so, with that being said, where do we go from here, boys? Bowl game. We're going bowling. We know that. But uh, where, where would you guys like to see us end up? I think we have an idea. Um, but – like I, I i wait hold on let me restart this i'm reading this God, you're doing pe- a good job that's that's a, that's a okay, good uh, so. that's a good intro okay okay now that we're off the Fire Fuente train boys it's kind of okay we're bowl eligible we've been bowl eligible eight wins uh where would you guys like to see us go bowling we have we have kind of a general idea of where we might end up either the belt bowl the the Music City Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, maybe. Um, there, that's been predicted by a couple of outlets. Where would you guys like to see us uh, wind up to go bowling? I'm going to say this, first and foremost.
0: And again, sorry, I'm a li- I, I, I got to take my, my, uh, my heart medicine or something. Something like I'm getting hot and bothered about a lot of stuff here. Why are we afraid of a good competition in our bowl game? I'm I'm reading tweets here. We're, look, I don't think we're going to the Citrus Bowl. Full disclosure, um, that's going to be somebody else. We're not going to get that bid. The people saying that they don't want to play high level teams like in Alabama, like in Oklahoma. How are we supposed to get better if we go to a if we go to the freaking uh, the cherry tart Bundy Bowl and we play whoever from whatever conference? And you win, and it's like, well, we get to set so-and-so off on a high note. No, that is not what I want. What I want is I want these kids to, again, compete in meaningful snaps, be in uncomfortable situations, and see what the hell happens. Look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game and see what the score says. If we get a chance to play Alabama, I want a chance to play against the best of the best. Because you know what? I want to be the best of the best one day. We get a chance to play against Oklahoma, one of the best deep offenses in the country. I don't want to hear, oh, they might score too many points and make Bud really sad. No, you know what's <laughs> going to make Bud really excited? is an opportunity to you know, have his defense play their nuts off against one of the best teams in the country. That's going to get Bud excited. So please stop with the mantra. If you are one of those people that wants to go to a bowl game, and play against Scotty Loeffler and the Bowling Green, whatever mascots they are, then I don't want to talk to you. And I don't want you listening to the Sons of Saturday. The Sons of Saturday have big plans. The Sons of Saturday don't care about beating non-P5 teams. Mind you, the AAC does have some pretty good teams in there. Memphis is the real deal. SMU is the real deal. Navy's the real deal. I'd love to play those teams too. But if you're trying to play 6-6 six and six teams, I don't want to talk to you. I want to challenge. I want to get better. I want to improve. Dax Hollifield is not saying, Oh, I hope that we get to play uh, Marshall at a bowl game. No. He wants to get after it. Give him a chance to get after it. He's a peacock. You gotta let him fly. Pat, take it away. Uh, you oh Lord.
2: Phil is on one tonight and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Give me Bama. Give me Georgia. Like, come on. I don't want to play. Colling Green State or uh, <laughs> North Texas. Like, oh man. Shout out DeAndre. I completely Twain. agree.
1: Like, guys, oh, guys. Shout guys. out
2: DeAndre.
1: <laughs> I, uh, shout out DeAndre Planson. Um, I, you know, allow me to play devil's advocate to an extent before oh, I God. get kicked out of this podcast. Oh God. Uh, before I, before y'all close the door on me, dude. Okay. I I don't know if I want the smoke with Bama right now. They do just roll over and fall asleep when they're not playing for a national championship. Now, granted, they could be a very pissed-off Bama team and come out and just want to annihilate whoever they're playing. You know, after that UVA loss, I know this isn't what y'all want to hear, but for record's sake, if we could get a team, maybe like a Tennessee or a Kentucky, face them in the Belk Bowl. I'd love you know, Tennessee. Ma- ma- oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, play Tennessee, play an SEC team that's you know on the same level or if not just a little bit better than we are and beat them. I think that's as meaningful right now for the direction that we're headed in. Maybe that's out to lunch and I'm out of my mind. I'm thinking in terms of I want to say we're 9-4 and four this season. After the UVA loss, I want to get nine wins. I want to get nine wins. And especially my old man and I watched the military bowl in Las Vegas last year on my way out to Los Angeles. We lost. It sucked. I want to win our bowl. I want to win our bowl game. And you can call me, call me whatever you want, you know, say, oh, you you don't want to get better. That's not it at all. I just want to win the bowl game. I want to win the bowl game. And if we go to the belt bowl or go to the music city bowl, those are good. Those are both good bowls. And I want to win it. I you Notice, know. Completely disagree. Uh,
0: completely agree with you, Grayson. I, I would love, uh, okay. I would love a chance to play the puke orange boys and the popsicle sticks uh, in Tennessee. Nothing would make me happier than that. Uh, and yeah. again, that's going against great talent. What I'm saying is the people saying that I just want to play against some puppy dog team and just come away with a big time win. I don't want to play Tulsa. I, no. I, I don't want to do no. it. I have zero interest. I don't want to play Cincinnati. I want to challenge. And I think you do too. All those teams you just mentioned, I'd love to play those teams. They'd be great challenges for this football team. It'd be a great opportunity for Caleb Farley to get better, for Brian Hudson to get better, for Derisaw to get better, for all of our guys to get better. And that's all you can want. And I'd love to win the damn game. Whoever we're playing, I want to win the damn game. Pat.
2: Yeah, uh, as far as that goes, I'm completely on board with the Belk Bowl. I had the time of my life at the, at the Belk Bowl seeing us come down and uh, run it up on Arkansas after being down 24 and a half. Um, as far as Music City Bowl goes, I feel like a ton of Hokies would absolutely be enthralled with us getting that bid. Nice um, Vegas. As far as you know, people, people perk up at Nashville, they do. Uh, I, I, would, I won't be able to go, but uh, I know a lot of people will. Uh, be very keen on setting their sights on Nashville. Uh, both would be SEC opponent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Music City Bowl and Belk Bowl. I think ultimately it's going to be Belk Bowl versus Tennessee. Um, if I had to put money on it right now, and I think that would be an outstanding matchup for us, uh, especially with momentum for recruiting purposes, uh, proximity to both schools. We could fill up that jaunt. Would love it. I know. I know. I think Tennessee opened up with West Virginia. Um, in that stadium at the beginning of the year, so we might have more Hokies there than than Vols, Losers. but um, ultimately,
1: we'll, our, our battle at Bristol rematch, man. Battle at Bristol. Wouldn't remember no, Bristol. Another we'll remember, remember Bristol?
0: Bristol. Another example. Remember Bristol. Another example. If we win that game, is are the Tennessee fans going to be like,
1: oh, remember Bristol?
0: No, they're not because they will have lost. So stop at the fifteen and zero. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. So. That's the thing with the bowl game. Um, if, if you can make it, if you're in driving distance, if you want to do a little little Christmas trip to Charlotte, to Nashville, if you call yourself a Hokie fan, get in the car and go, baby. I, I can't go. I'm going to be on a vacation with the fam. But, uh, you know, if you can make it, get on and uh, throw your orange and maroon on. Show some love to the Hokies because this is a young team that is going to really enjoy the bowl experience, too. We, we talked about how, how like the bowl game is kind of watered down now with the college football playoff, and I will agree with that. But Bill could speak to this, too. The experience, the bowl experience that it, uh, it has on those players, getting to go on this cool trip, uh, getting to do all these cool things, And, uh, you know, I don't know. They get a PlayStation. Sometimes they get to go on the Belk shopping spree. Like, it's a really cool opportunity for the players. And they really make the most of these bowl trips. So, from a fan's perspective, it might be a little watered down. Just because everyone's really focused on the who's in. But, um, you know, we get a postseason. And we got 27 straight. So,
0: go ahead. I was just going to say... in terms of that, what a lot of people don't think about, and you know, there are a lot of people thinking we weren't going to a bowl game this year. I fully expected us to go to a bowl game, but another benefit of having a bowl game from a from a team building perspective is you get another three to four weeks of practice. And typically, at least, you know, with with Coach Fuente and and, and he said this obviously before, um, the younger guys get a chance to practice. The guys that typically aren't taking a lot of reps uh, but will play a big factor into next season. So those young defensive backs, uh, Quincy, um, you know, maybe some of the younger defensive linemen that we don't see in the rotation too often are going are to get an opportunity to go good on good, go against the ones, uh, do some scrimmages, and and really get a chance to get reps that will mean a lot come spring ball. So you get that extra time to develop this talent, lift weights, and to be completely honest, um, as a player and when you're there you kind of look at it and you think it sucks, the time that you are there over the summer when there are no students there or over the wintertime when there are no uh, no students there. I, I love it looking back on it. Some of my best memories of college were when it was just the football guys and all the other athletes that were on campus. I remember uh, um, when we went to, I don't remember if it was the Independence Bowl or the Belk Bowl, uh, me and Tyler Fitzgerald, uh, it was freezing cold outside and everybody in uh believe i oh know this is sophomore year we were in maple ridge uh we all brought our xboxes over set up our uh our our um our dressers with tvs back to back and played star wars battlefront every hour that we weren't either sleeping or playing football and that's you know you think of it as just a waste of time but you're you know building bonds it's team building and, and and you're all together getting better so han solo is not a waste of
1: time just throwing that out there so Never. neither is star wars battlefront is not a waste of time it's it's we are cre- at that point you are creating battle tactics and yes. learning how to <laughs> to move an offense. Yes, so, okay, completely agree. Yeah.
2: We're gonna move from Han Solo into the letters from the lunch pail here, but we gotta let you know that these letters are brought to you from one of our favorite places where good friends, excuse me, where good friends go, Sharkies Wing. And Rib Joint on Main Street. I you was there Shark-
0: on Saturday!
2: <laughs> Bill was there. Bill has been to Sharky's like every weekend of the fall. <laughs> uh, even when we're not even playing in Blacksburg. It's crazy. But you know, the best wings. The best sandwiches. Got some awesome drinks as well. Great happy hour. Uh, but you know, you got to go for the trivia on Tuesday. You got to go for the bingo on Wednesday. Little wing buffet. Sunday night for football. I mean, the place has got it all. Stop by a great place. We give away gift cards only when we win. Only when we win. No gift cards when we lose. But uh, shout out to Sharkies. So anywho, first letter from the lunch pail. We got a couple here for you. Have to address the elephant in the room or the elephant that might enter the room soon. Mm. The defensive coordinator opening. So Wacky Weco asks... Torian Gray, Chris Partridge, Barry Odom, anyone else? Who do you think might be our potential defensive coordinator? Bill, I'm going to let you take this one.
0: I have been firmly in the I want Chris Partridge as the defensive coordinator. I am biased. Uh, For being honest, Barry Odom makes a whole lot of sense with his Memphis ties. Um, I'm going to just say this. I trust Mr. Babcock with my life. He has not made a bad hire. I completely trust him to handle this process um, the correct way and get the correct guy in there. Um, I see a bunch of you idiots on Twitter talking about how he may not have uh, your respect or your trust or whatever. Whit Babcock is one of the best in the country and he's going to do a great job. He's going to bring somebody in that does an unbelievable job. And I'm fired up to see who it is. I hope we do it sooner rather than later with the early signing period coming up in 16 days. But again, in Babcock, I trust.
1: I, uh, You guys know how I feel about this. Um, I'll put it this way. If we could get him, I would love it to be Tigre. I'd love it to be number 14. Um... Guys, I got to be completely honest with you. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, as unfortunate as that is, I don't want to, you know, uh, put a hex on it or anything, but I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think Coach Gray likes where he is right now uh, at Florida. Now, I could be wrong. We could throw him a large chunk of paper and say, hey, man, it's time to come home. A lot of – we ran a poll earlier today on Instagram on who would you like to see. I would say a resounding 95% of those responses were Coach Torian Gray. Um, so we'll have to see. Barry Oda makes a lot of sense. He was Coach Fuentes D.C. at Memphis for a little while before he took the Missouri job. Now, granted, Memphis is looking for a new head coach. So will they go for him? I don't know. Um my, my, I would love to see us get Gray. Outside of that, I'm open to different options. So the, Texas just fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, no thanks. Don't want whoever that is. Um, I don't want they, Chris te- Ash either. Chris uh, yeah. Ash is a career loser. I don't want him. Yeah. So <laughs> Pat, Pat, who, who, who would you like to see if anything? Like, kind of, kind of weighing on this one. So the easy
2: choice is just like what you said, and Gray. Um, the fan base is all about it the alumni are all about it the folks who are in the program who went to tech are all about it I'm sure Bud Foster would be all about it I don't know if we could pay him what he wants I know he makes a chunk of change at Florida I don't know if we can match what he wants I don't know if we could give him some incentives or not Maybe give, give him a nice Blacksburg Country Club membership I would love to have Torian Gray as our coach, um, but that you know it remains to be seen. I think you know to piggyback Bill. I trust Wit with all my heart. I know he's going to make the right decision. I know he's been interviewing some studs for the position. I know we're going to make it work one way or another. <laughs> if we look at our Instagram poll that we posted earlier, I'm I'm getting all Torian Gray, and then <laughs> uh, someone says Frank Beamer. Uh, Bill, <laughs> three, three people said <laughs> Bill Belichick, um, we have one, <laughs> we have one Nick Saban and then three people said Pat Finn. I am not qualified for this position. Um, so I will not be coaching, uh, <laughs> defensive coordinator, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Frank Beamer, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. Jim Harbaugh, Brent Venables.
0: Would you hire you- me, Pat?
2: <laughs> here's a loan. Here's a loan, Barry Odom. I'd hired Billy Ray. Um, so yeah,
1: I, guys I, can, can, can I interject really quickly? Uh, currently, Coach Gray makes four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year as Florida's cornerbacks
0: coach. It's a lot of money.
1: We that's a lot of money for that for that position. I hate to cut you off, Pat, but I think that needed to be said. So it's got to be more than that. Uh, probably by substantial uh, substantial margin. If I were Coach Babcock, I'd start the bidding at seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. Bud, Coach Bud makes nine fifty. I think that's completely reasonable, uh, especially given how much the fan base wants it to happen. Uh, to throw Coach Gray, who has proven himself more than enough to be a D one defensive coordinator, at least seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to do the job. Double because, interject,
0: Pat. Uh, okay. I also want to say on top of that, uh, and you'll agree with me on this, Jay Ham needs to stay on the staff. He is a superstar. Agreed. Um, I am a huge Coach Hamilton fan. He came in. He was uh, PBRM, post-BRM, um, but a huge fan. Every time I talk to him, he just – you can tell he gets it. And um, I think keeping him on staff is, is crucial. And I know we're beating this question to death, so I apologize.
2: Yeah, keep J-Ham, keep uh, Pearson Prelo. Got to keep those uh, folks who played for Bud on this staff. Got to keep the lunch pill mentality there. Next, potential ACC head coaching changes. Do you think Steve Adazio keeps his job? Steve got canned. Uh, Dave Doran or Manny Diaz? Any other changes that we could foresee this offseason? What do we think
0: about Dave Doran? Um... On this list of fellas, I got to say, I actually really like Steve Adazio. Uh, He recruited me to Boston College. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think when you look at all of these jobs, what people kind of don't look at is you have to look at them and say, what is the ceiling at this place? So I I look at Boston College, and I think it's very similar to the situation that Ole Miss is in. Ole Miss is a job you're aiming for eight wins is is a is a success and then you're aiming to knock off Texas A&M, Alabama or LSU. You're trying to slay one of those three dragons. At Boston College, you're in a very similar situation. You're probably aiming for eight or nine wins. You would leave and, you know, the fans that don't like people standing up or being loud would be like, yes, this is a successful Boston College football season. Um, I think that's what you're aiming for. And then you want to slay one of the Clemsons and one of the uh, – probably you want to slay Clemson, Virginia Tech, or Florida State. Get one of those three. So I think with all these jobs, you have to say, what is the realistic ceiling? What do we want from our head coach? Um With Doran, I actually think he's a really good coach Um, I think that I think the kid's name is Kincaid He has a dope name But he's coaching a very different quarterback Than he has in his entire tenure He's always had kind of an NFL-ready NFL-type quarterback I think every quarterback he's coached uh, For more than a year Is in the NFL Whether they be a backup or a starter Um, So it's been a little bit of a different offense Not too sure, I haven't followed NC State Forgive me, I'm not a big Wolfpack guy um and then Manny Diaz I hope they keep him around because god he sucks so I hope I hope he stays (laughs) in town
2: yeah Manny you can't let Manny go after one year but that Miami team just has so much talent if he does it again next year I think they got him let him go but um all right we'll move on to the next one here um which comes first a 10 win season in Blacksburg or the entire season in Lane Stadium sold out You think it'll be the same thing?
1: I think, honestly, in order for us to maybe have all of those games sold out, you have to show people that you are a dominant – and it's not not to say that we're not dominant – but a dominant powerhouse 10-win football program again. We get 10 wins again. Remember after the 10-win season in 2016, how many of the games in 2017 were sold out? So I think the 10 wins is the egg that comes before the chicken. You get the 10 wins, then you start selling out every game.
2: I think think this bowl game actually can have a huge implication on how we're going to do attendance-wise for the 2020 campaign, Uh, everyone wants to go to the Penn State game. People have been circling September 12th on their calendar for 10 years now because Jim Weaver put it on there decades ago. And whether we play well in the bowl game or not, people will be getting season tickets because they want to go to the Penn State game. But um, in addition to that, I think what we do in this bowl game is really going to propel our momentum forward to see if we can sell out the Liberty game on September 5th. So... Really, uh, I really think the bowl game is could be a catalyst for that. But ultimately, I think um, the 10-win season and the sellout streak that can start over again uh, could be synonymous. And then uh, last question here. Do you think we will have any defensive players enter the transfer portal now that Bud has retired? Um, I'll start off here saying that it's bound to happen. It's 2019 going into 2020. The transfer portal is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Coolest thing since Instagram. You know, everyone wants to be in the transfer portal. Um, I know Armani Chapman tweeted today. He was like, man, half the coastal is in the transfer portal. And it's so true. Like everyone's in the portal. Um, So I think it's inevitable that a couple players on our defense are going to be in the portal looking for greener pastures. Um, I don't know like who specifically, um, but I think it's bound to happen. So, you know, definitely expect that to happen.
0: I agree, Pat, uh, 2019, everybody's talking about the coaching carousel. There's a player carousel, love it or hate it. Kids are going to do what they want to do. If the kid wants to play football, he's going to find somewhere to play football. And, um, you know, that's just, uh, it's just the way it is. So regardless of if Bud, uh, or coach Foster, excuse me, was leaving, um, I think there's always going to be turnover on rosters. I think the day the day and age of 120 players being on a team, and uh, excluding the seniors, those 120 come back are are probably behind us, to be completely honest. So, all right, guys. So uh, we talked about
2: how Sons of Saturday, its roots are a football podcast, but you know we we want to talk basketball, we want to talk wrestling, we want to talk soccer, softball, tennis, you know, track and field, what have you. You know we're we're for Hokies. Hokies for Hokies is the name of the game. Uh, 24/7, 365. So, just want to give a quick rundown here on on other happenings um, in Hokie world. So uh, many of you know that the soccer team was in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament last night. Um, so they unfortunately lost two to one to a very talented Stanford team at Stanford. Again, that was on Sunday night in the Sweet 16. Um, great season by the Hokies there. Just couldn't get it done. A very aggressive uh, Stanford team. Both of their goals were a little, you know, not great. Um, beautiful goal scored by Tech, but uh, it just wasn't enough in the effort. Men's basketball. We're going to go in on men's basketball soon here. You know, we got Duke on Friday, but I know Bill gave a shout out last episode on that Michigan State win. Leiter's Nolly is just incredible. Naheem Elaine is incredible. Uh, Jalen Cohn. Um, you know Ojiako. PJ Horn is just hitting threes. Like this team is a lot of fun to watch. Hunter Kator makes it rain from downtown. Uh, BD plays unbelievable defense and is just, you know, your glue guy, your ultimate point guard, and has really, you know, stepped in with more confidence this year. Um, you know, a lot of shout outs to the basketball team. Big win over Michigan State, who's ranked number three. Obviously, losing to Dayton and BYU, back-to-back nights, you know. Young team, tired team. Honestly, if you told me we'd win one of three games in Maui, I would have told you, all right, you know, kind of par for the course. That's what we're expecting here. But um, we got Duke on Friday night. Got to bring a lot of energy if you're a student. I know we got finals coming up. I know we got reading day coming up. Get all your work done. Be in Castle. Be loud. It's Duke. There's no better team to upset at home. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've beaten them three times in a row in Castle. Let's make it four. And then uh, wrestling has a huge tournament coming up in Vegas. Huge tournament. Um, it's going to be it's, – it's called the, um, the Cliff Keen Invite, Invitational. So uh, that's on Friday and Saturday, the 6th and the 7th really excited to hear how that goes shout out austin gable for uh keeping us on tabs keeping our tabs on the uh, the wrestling program and then um i know uh women's basketball lost a tough one to georgia uh the other night but uh i know they'll be uh coming forward here with momentum as ACC play begins
0: Stuff to look forward to, fellas. Next week, we are going to do a season wrap. <clears throat> and then moving forward also, a lot of questions were submitted that we really wanted to answer that we weren't able to get to. We have put them in the uh, proverbial lunch pail, uh, the lunch pail uh, floating room, kind of like the purgatory of letters from the lunch pail. They're just sitting there. and We're going to reach in there and grab them and answer them. Uh, so thank you for those questions. We'll get to those. Um, Closing thoughts, fellas. Closing thoughts, Pat.
2: Uh, shout out to Section Five. Look forward to seeing you guys on September fifth. Um, something I wanted to address is when, <laughs> when Brandon Flowers tweets at about Torian Gray, like, "Hey, if Torian Gray gets hired, I'll come coach in Blacksburg." And then Macho Harris tweets in and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about it too." You know, no, no, blah blah blah. Uh, we've never seen Macho and and uh and Brandon flowers coach football i know bill was saying that but also if you're just gonna go there and like find that tweet and at mention whit babcock and president sands like yo 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 are you guys seeing this <laughs> are you guys seeing this right now like Brendan flowers is gonna come to blacksburg if you hire torian gray so hire hire torian gray like do you think that's how it works do you think whit babcock like gets a notification he's sitting at his desk Gets a notification. Oh, <laughs> someone mentioned me on Twitter. Let me go see what it is. <laughs> Looks at his mentions. And sees that, you know, hokey girl 595 xo is tweeting at Wit and Sandsman saying, hey, I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know. Twitter, I absolutely love Twitter. I absolutely love hokey Twitter. You guys are the best. But sometimes, like... What are we doing? What are we doing? Wim Babcock is not going to hire Toy and Gray because you you leaked the news or you were the uh, you linked him and Brandon Flowers from your Twitter. Give me a break. Grayson.
1: Uh yeah. Oh my gosh. I guess my only shout out uh, is you know, I, I gotta give a tip of the hat to the Wahoos, man. Y'all did it. Okay, that's fine. But uh, let me switch up and say that, like Papa John, the day of reckoning will come next November, baby. Oh, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. And like Trey Turner said, well, we gonna get our baby back. You better believe about that. If all 21 out of 22 starters comes back, Wahoos, I, th- I think I think you're in. A, I think you're in for it, man. And I know that's a year away, but we, uh, we don't forget, and we sure as hell don't forgive, especially when it comes to that piece of hardware that you guys are probably putting white claw and mimosas into right now And my blood's boiling. I need to calm down. Anyway, uh, also shout out to uh, Barstool UVA. How about you put your name on Twitter so we can talk about how you stole my trailer idea? Anyway, uh, drinks tea, sips tea. Nice trailer. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Mine was better, punk. Love it.
0: A uh, couple quick shout-outs. Um, Shout-out to the football team, man. Y'all battled. Y'all didn't quit. Uh, y'all have had a great season this year. It's been great watching y'all grow. Really fired up for this bowl game. You owe nobody, nobody an apology. Um, absolutely no one. Players tweeting out sorry. Um, saying sorry. Um, you don't owe anyone an apology. Y'all fought, you lost. It's whatever We're moving on bigger and better. Um, and shout out, enjoy to, it.
1: Enjoy it. While it lasts while that's all <laughs> I'm going to say,
0: shout out, shout out to Caleb Farley. This is something that quite honestly really pissed me off. Um, that's a young man who loves this football team. It's a young man that's competed all, uh, all year. Uh, and a young man that loves his teammates. And, um, to be seeing people say that he's sitting out to protect his his draft grade or to, um, to save himself for whatever, I'm not breaking news here, he tweeted this out. He's got a pinched nerve in his back, okay? And from a guy that had back issues, you wake up in the morning and you take your first couple steps and you automatically know how the day's gonna go. This is a shooting pain that goes down your legs Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't wrap it, you can't ice it, you can't heat it, you can't do anything about it. It is until you're able to rest, get off your feet, where it really has a chance to get better and really take a look at it. And at the end of the day, it probably would have been a disservice for him to play um, at 70, 60, I don't know how bad it was, percent um, with that kind of injury. And probably was best to get somebody out there that can move at full speed. Obviously, Caleb, we missed you a ton Um, But just shouting you out, man, and everybody really needs to not comment on things that they don't have any knowledge about, something that uh, everybody seems to major in, uh, whether you went to college or not. So shout out to Caleb Fawry, third-team All-American at the flex spot, an incredible accomplishment for a young man that's been playing uh, at the defensive back for such a short period of time. And I got to say, Pat, you and I have been rolling the All-American card out there every week. He's been unbelievable um so shout out to him shout out to the team and um guys we've had such a blast doing this we can't wait to keep doing it we're we're covering all the sports we're having a ton of fun and uh damn it's time for bed Eleven thirty. everybody take care stick with this team let's go win a damn bowl game